Shining on them, yes, I'm the token now. Real bright, call me the golden child. Look around, I'm the one that's chosen. Look around, yeah, I'm the token. Shining on them, yes, I'm the token now. Real bright, call me the golden child. Look around, I'm the one that's chosen. Look around, yeah, I'm the token. All right. Good afternoon, wherever we are catching you, whichever time zone you are on, thank you for joining us for the She's Out of Order podcast, where we discuss learning to push through your flaws and imperfections rather than hiding them in the dark. In this podcast, we learn how to confront, heal, We learn how to confront, heal, and deal with our issues as a community. We are controversial, funny, and safe in that order. In this episode, Holiday Blues, we will be discussing mental health during the holiday season. I'm your host, Janine, the founder and CEO of Empathetically Consulting, LLC, and our co-host and founder, Eureka The Truth. Good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Thank y'all so much for joining us on the season two of She's So Out of Out of Order podcast. Thank you all so much. I'm excited to do this episode right here. Um, during the holiday season, there's so many people that is dealing with so much loss and grief. And we just want to kind of just help um, our listeners to be able to cope with that and know that they can get through to these during these seasons and realize that there are brighter days that is ahead. So thank y'all so much for joining us. I am not going to hold you all too long. I'm going to go ahead and bring out our amazing guest for this episode, Miss Shimona R. McFighton. She is a graduate of the great Bethune-Cookman University. She graduated with her degree in criminal justice, and she has a bachelor's of art degree in sociology and a minor in social work. Her studies continued at Barry University, receiving a master's of science degree with a dual special, specializing in marriage and family therapy and mental health counselor. She is the founder of Lotus Connect Incorporated, which was founded in 2018. She, I mean, additionally, she takes a, in, in addition to doing the mental health, she's also is, she takes an interest in fitness, offering training and various workout and helping people with just doing what they need to do to kind of just stay healthy, both physically and mentally. So at this time, we're going to go ahead and bring up Ms. Shimona McFatton. Good afternoon, ladies. Good afternoon. Good morning, whichever time it is. How are you both? Um, thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm, I am really excited to get into our topic in a little bit, but definitely just celebrating and talking about um, holiday blues, talking about mental health. It is my passion. Um, and the funny thing is, I didn't actually realize it was my passion until I started delving more into it. But I think my passion where it stemmed from is really when we talk about counseling and mental health, it's not so much of me providing the answers for everyone else, but it's giving them and uh, giving them patterns and giving them tools that they're able to navigate and find the answers and solutions for themselves. So 
Thank you so much for having me on the show. I am excited and I'm talking a lot, but how are you both doing? How, how are you doing through this holiday season? Ooh, Lord, um, to be honest with you, I've never really liked the holiday seasons at all. Growing up, never. Um, I really didn't have much family um, that I was really close with. Um, so it was just kind of just me and my brother and my grandmother. Um, so, you know, we would have some food every now and then or and we never had Christmas gifts. So I used to hate it. Like I used to cry. And now that I'm older, um, like some very important people um, has passed on during um, the November season and or their birthday celebration, their death anniversary. So it's very difficult. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to do this because there's so many people that is going through that, especially since this pandemic has happened. So I really just want to hear from myself and want my listeners to hear, hey, we, we can get through this. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, Janine, if you don't mind sharing a little bit of what it's like for you for the holiday season. Also, if there are any family traditions, um, if it's a difficult time for you, if you're like me and you just love the holiday season. Yeah, so I actually love the holiday season. Um, two of my favorite holidays are one, my birthday, and two, Christmas. And um, I would say in my household, we start celebrating Christmas in November. Um, so historically, it's been like my favorite holiday from the eggnog, the tree, the anticipation of gifts. Um, but I would say that this holiday season is a little unique because there has been an abundance of death. Uh, and so what I find difficult for me is um, recharging, being able to not only uh, recharge for myself but to recharge for others to assist with um getting through like the the holiday blues um in a in a like a, I guess I'm, I don't know if manageable or seamless way so this is a unique a very unique um holiday season for me I also work um, with kids, I would say children and families 80% of the time. So it's like grief in my personal life, but grief in my professional life. And so the balancing act is very, it's very challenging for me. And Thank you both for sharing um, just a little bit. And I guess background story about me. I did mention why I actually got into this, but um, Eureka, you did mention early in the beginning that I am the um, owner of Lotus Connect, which is a counseling and uh, consulting firm that focuses on mental health and physical health. And for me, I've realized that <laughs> Christmas is actually my time to kind of like recharge. Like I love everything about Christmas. Um, for me, I think of the challenge stories and anyone that I interact with. I think of the stories of the day after Thanksgiving for us is when my mom and I, we started putting up the tree. Um, when I think about it, and I was just sharing with someone this week, uh, when I think about Thanksgiving, my mom and I, we had a tradition. In fact, um, this Thanksgiving, I was at my church and we were passing out um, meals to, you know, just our community. And I, for a second, got upset. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, the Thanksgiving Macy's Day parade is on. Like, I need to be home watching that parade. I know, come on, y'all, it's the parade. We know they're going to show the same at least 20 or 30 balloons each year. But for me, it was a tradition that my mom and I, we got up every Thanksgiving morning and we watched the parade. Now, 
My mom has now been deceased for probably about nine years. And while some would probably be a little sad and be like, you know, I don't want to do that. Those are the memories that I hold on to that like keeps me smiling each and every holiday. You know, I think back to uh, my holidays growing up and I'm originally from South Carolina. And I think back to all my cousins came to my house. And so even down to Christmas, I, I keep this little tradition my mom has going. Um, I put a post out a while ago that says, you know, when you're young, you really didn't care about socks as a gift. But when you got older, if someone gave you socks, like you were holding on to them. My cousins, you know, they're sitting there tucking them in their bra strap, you know, putting them in your purse and the little kids got socks. And so that was a tradition that my mom started. And like I said, you know, with her no longer being here, that's something that I even continue now that if I go to someone's house and we're passing out gifts. I don't care who's there. I'm at least wrapping 15 socks because everybody's getting a pair of socks. So asking the question about holiday blues and talking about holiday blues and stuff like that, is it a thing? Yeah, unfortunately um, it is. Eureka, you've mentioned in um, your, your piece that um, holidays for you weren't the best, you know, thinking back to Christmas and stuff like that, not getting Christmas gifts and stuff like that they weren't the best, you know, uh, Janine, you mentioning right now that you've had your good moments and your highlights of the holidays, but also there have been some real moments. And so when we begin to talk about holiday blues, first thing that comes to mind and just doing a little bit of background study for it to make sure, you know, I'm able to talk a little bit more about it is understanding that this is a temporary feeling of anxiety and depression that really manifests during the holiday season. And why during the holiday season? Because that's the time that you're supposed to love on your family. That's the time that you're supposed to come together and be one. That's the time you're supposed to celebrate all those joyous moments and stuff like that. But how are you able to actually do that if you haven't received that or if you haven't shown that or you haven't seen that? But also, how are you able to do that when the love of lost um, of the love well lost ones are no one loved ones are no longer there? How are you supposed to do that? And Janine, I'll use you for example, while everything is going great in my household and we're fabulous over here, but then the children that I'm working with, they're suffering or not having, or they're in some kind of state of where they're in need or not able to have just a small Christmas gift or have food and stuff like that. So when we're talking about the holiday blues, it definitely is something that's very real. It's something that you experience at all ages. So whether it's from the little kid that's in second grade that honestly doesn't want to go home for the Christmas break because going home for the Christmas break may mean not having adequate food to eat. Being home for the Christmas break may, be, may, may mean being subject to being in that family environment or that family dynamic, but also understanding that you don't have and so while your, your classmates or either your coworkers and all these other people are talking about, yeah, we're going to do this trip or yes, we're getting together with, you know, all 20 of my cousins are coming in. An example being, well, it's just my grandmother, my brother and I, and, you know, we'll eat. But after we've kind of like gotten up and we've eaten what's, what's left, what else are we going to do? Um, so, so it absolutely is something that is very real. Definitely. Um, you already pretty much answered the, that first question, but it's funny that um, you said what you said. Um, being able that I grew up without, you know, having, you know, traditions like that for Christmas and really enjoying that. 
Um, the one thing that I do now in my career, pretty much everyone knows I'm a social worker myself, worked for DCL for numerous of years, and now I'm still containing that tradition here in the DMV area. Um, so I've always made it my business that any caseload that I ever had, I always make sure my kids get Christmas gifts. I don't care if I have to come out of pocket and pay for it, but I go to them I'm like, hey, listen, give me like two gifts. Um, under $50, or it just depends on how much money I have, how much overtime I done did. Maybe it might go up to $100, and then I'll go and make sure that all those kids be able to get some, get something. Um, same thing with um, Thanksgiving. Um, normally, every year, I sponsor at least 20 families with a Thanksgiving basket. Um, this year, I wasn't able to do that um, because I'm not sure if y'all saw the prices of those turkeys. Um, up here, they was like 45 and above dollars, so I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna sit this one out <laughs> this year. But um, I was able to sponsor um, 40 parents at my schools with a nice appreciation meal. I'm um, just, you know, so people can just, you know, have the spirit lifted during the holiday. So I would say that was one thing that I learned, even though I didn't have it. Um, I know what I wanted to receive when I was younger. So I try to make sure that I give that back to others so that they don't have to experience that same experience that I had growing up. And, and just to say that is, that is very commendable. Um, I know they can't see me, our listeners can't see me, but I'm actually doing like the congratulatory wave and stuff like that. So that is absolutely amazing. And I will say this to you, that what you are putting into the end, um, that you're, what you're putting out into the universe, that you actually receive it back tenfold plus that. So continue doing the work that you're doing. And whether it's said to you now, or whether it said to you later, I'm sure that they're very appreciative of it. And just to go out of your way, like you said, you, you got how many families again? <laughs> it depends. I mean, I've had up to about 45 families. <laughs> Ooh, and for 45 families, uh, 50 to $100, God bless you, my child. <laughs> oh, hey, that's, blessings after gonna, blessings, yes. If so. it's going to put a smile on those kids' face, why not? You know, I believe in kids should be able to have their innocence. And um, your innocence shouldn't be taken away at the age of four and five. And now you feel like, was I bad? Is that why Santa Claus didn't come to my house? So whatever is possible, hey, I always want to be on the side of that. So I'm going to go ahead and go into uh, the second question. Um, you kind of slid into it a little bit, but uh, why do you think depression is more likely during the Thanksgiving and the Christmas season as opposed to Valentine's Day when you have a lot of people that they don't have a significant other. Why are they more depression, more depressed this time than doing that time? Girl, speak for yourself. Ooh, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> but um, I think if it comes to Valentine's Day, let's let's be honest about it. Like that, that's a man-made holiday. And there are quite a few people that may not have significant others when it comes to Valentine's Day. Um, when you're talking about Thanksgiving and when you're talking about Christmas, those are holidays that are definitely more about family. That's definitely more about not the, you know, you've sent, you've given me flowers. That's not the, you know, we've gone out to dinner and you've given me chocolate, but do I feel the love that's around me? Um, if you look at it right now, just on TV, everywhere you look is surrounded with um, Christmas movies. I know for me, I am guilty of it. I will not listen to Christmas mu music until after Thanksgiving, but I've been watching Christmas movies since October and everything around the movies talks about family. 
everything around the movies and around these two holidays talk about gatherings. It talks about almost to say having an abundance of. So if you think about your Thanksgiving meal and if you think about your Christmas meal, it's not just a traditional um, one vegetable, one meat, um, one uh, starch, you know, one dessert, what you would have on the traditional Sunday dinner. It's about having a surplus. It's about having an abundance. And so when you think about that, think about some of those that less that don't have that. Also during the holiday, as I mentioned, and you're talking about family. And so that's the time right now, and you could even elaborate if you'd like to, this is the time that you're thinking while everyone is saying, hey, I'm going to go over to my friend's house, X, Y, and Z. Your grandmother, and I know, you know, you've mentioned it, your grandmother was a significant part of your life. And so right now, not having that person that was family for you, um, not having those people, and even sometimes, you know, being by yourself. And if you think about the holiday of Valentine, you can be single and you know what, I'm okay. Like, I'm going to take myself out for dinner. It's okay. I'm going to buy myself flowers. And so those, but it's a little different when it's, when you wake up and you're like, okay, it's just me for Christmas. It's a little different when you wake up and you're like, okay, what am I going to do for Thanksgiving? It's a little different when you wake up and you're like, okay, there isn't someone to say, you know, Merry Christmas, baby, or, you know, I love you. You know, I'm proud of you. And, and even during those times, it's the times in which you're getting together with people. It's the time in which you're spreading love. Even if it's you know, you're going over to a friend's house, that you're in an environment of where you remember and where you know what that love feels like. So when you're comparing it to all of the other holidays that are going on, it's something that's very heartwarming, yet heart-wrenching about the holidays. And when I say the holidays, we know we're talking about Thanksgiving, we're talking about Christmas, that you yearn just for that family. But also if you're thinking about it as well, there's something else that we I haven't touched on, which is it's expected, and you mentioned it, it's expected to spend money. It's expected for you to buy gifts. It's expected for you to do so much above and beyond of what you would normally do. And it's a very depressive thing for a parent when your child is like, hey, I've got this list and how many of us remember writing that list for Christmas and, you know, I'm going to mail it to Santa Claus and kind of like, well, you know, hey, don't worry about it. I'm going to take care of it. Or, you know, when, and you're like, I'm going to write this list and your parents are like, darn, I've got to really try to get this for my children or I'm barely making ends meet and paying the bills on time or even late with the bills. And I've also now have to find a way to make sure that I am taking care of the gifts and the food and everything else that my child wants. So that's another piece when you look at the financial responsibility or the financial obligations that go along with the holidays also. Wow, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, so as you were as you were expressing considerations during this time, one thing that I thought about, especially being a product of a, a African American family, is um, explicitly or clearly even even um, considering that mental health is even real. I feel like sometimes. I heard you share all the different reasons why people could feel down and out during the holiday season. But I still have lived in a family and I work with families that are similar to mine that will know these things and still not admit that this is a real thing. So also, is there? can you um, speak to 
how or how what is the connection between maybe like these things these factors that could make people feel down and out and um how that how how like how our body i don't know if there's like um like how that can impact our bodies or like our mental health from a I don't want to say a medical point of view, but you know how like I got you. families, they I got don't want to admit that this stuff is real. They will see that you're sad, but they'll look over it and try to band-aid whatever. Um, so can you, before we dig even deeper, like, can you, can you clarify how this is real, real quick? Okay. Um, thank you. And I, I, I think I understand what you're saying. And please let me say that this is based upon Shimona. Um, what I've experienced and what I've seen over the course of years in being in mental health, but also just really being observant in the Black community and so forth like that. Um, I think the first thing is that as a Black community, we must acknowledge and understand that mental health is real. We are doing a great, we are doing a better job at it now, and I had to say better and not great. We're doing a much better job at it now. Um, and not even just mental health, but understanding generational curses and generational patterns and stuff like that. We are much better with it now. And so that's the first piece is actually acknowledging that it takes place. Um, the other piece in that is, and so let me say in that piece of acknowledging, you have some on the outside, like I can, if I can use one of you, for example, I can look at Eureka and realize that Eureka is hurting. I can understand Eureka is hurting. I could talk to Eureka about, hey, I, I see that there are some things going on and acknowledge that there is a bit of hurt. There is a bit of mental health because when we're talking about mental health, I want to make sure that we clarify there are differences between mental health and mental illnesses. And so when we're talking about mental illness, first that piece, when we're going into the schizophrenia and all the other pieces like that, the clinically diagnosing and stuff like that. And then when you're talking about mental health, we're all affected in some way by our mental health. Again, the loss of a parent, the loss of a grandmother, realizing that the children that you're working, you're working with, all of those affect my mental health. I can have depressed episodes yet not necessarily go through depression. I can be, I can experience anxiety here and there, yet not to take medication for it. And so I think that's the first piece, not only me bringing, and I'll use, for example, Eureka, me bringing the awareness to Eureka, but also Eureka being able to understand and recognize herself that there is something going on. And so to get back to your question, and I hope I'm answering it correct, it's looking at some of the things that they're doing or not doing. And so if we realize that we've had this family member that has been actively engaged in everything that's going on and they're no longer that person, if we're realizing that we are, and, and even for ourselves, if we're realizing that, hey, where at one point I was kind of like the life of the party and now I'm very secluded. If we're realizing that, hey, while I used to enjoy some of the finer things, when I say the finer things, not the going up, but just being engaged and now I'm like, you know what? Or if I'm realizing and what I eat and how I eat now, it's just like, okay, I don't even want to eat anymore. So you look at, as I say, you like to look at their social engagement. Most people say why their social engagement, because that's one of the things that we're able to recognize first, right then and there. Look at some of their beha behaviors and their patterns. 
are they secluding themselves? Are they still doing their, their normal things? Are they going to work? If they're going to work, how are they engaged in work? Are you looking at going by their home? And this is someone that was very neat. And now it's taking them just a week to do one load of laundry and not having the drive to do that laundry. If we're looking at where, well, hey, did you eat today? Well, you know, and I've had people say, well, I ate some crackers today. I'm sorry. They were like, yeah, that's all. I, I wasn't hungry. That's all I wanted to eat. And so when we're talking about mental health, and in particularly in the holidays, I would say remove the holidays and just look at the mental health period, because chances are that's going to happen before the holidays, if there's already mental health uh, concerns and so forth taking place. It's just that the holidays are going to heighten it a bit more. And with the holidays, that's where you're going to see that that person becomes a little bit more secluded. That's when you're going to see that if that person is there, they'll make a big plate as they normally would and take like three bits of it or three bites of it and then just kind of put it to the side. So I, I hope, Janine, that that's, that's what you were asking and we're able to identify and see what are some of the traits that we can recognize with the person that may be experiencing mental health challenges um, during the holidays. Is that what you're asking? Yes. Okay. Yes, most definitely. I really appreciate that. Uh, and I, as you were again responding to that, I wonder, um, is that also why it appears um, the mental mental health community tends to deploy more resources around this time of year? Or do you think, or is that not true? Um, is that a thing? Because of which you were just everything that you've said um, in terms of how the holiday season could look for some people, um, do you believe that the mental health community de tends to um, deploy more resources around this time because of that as a precaution or support? Um, Shimona, in all honesty, I'm going to say I don't know. And here's why I'm going to say I don't know. I don't believe that they deploy more. I don't believe that they deploy less. I would say overall that the resources that are available for mental health has increased. Um, what I think of right now, it may not be deploying more of the resources in terms of, hey, let's make sure that we're focusing on your mental health, but it may be deploying more of the resources to make sure that you have a decent holiday. And so when I think of some of, and Eureka being a prime example, when you think of some of the facilities and sources that are available here now, while they may not say, hey, we are maximizing our, you know, um, increasing our hours so there's anyone that wants to call and chat, you may see them saying, hey, we know that there are families in need right now, so let's make sure that we're at least reducing one of the stressors that could affect their mental health. So that is something that I have realized. And when I think about it, you are seeing also like the suicide prevention hotline, those numbers and stuff like that, they have increased. And that's something that I have researched. Their numbers have increased during the holidays as well. And so this, the resources are always there. I just think that they may be being utilized more during the holiday season, if that's answering your question. So it's not that they're providing more, it's just that they're being utilized more during this season. Um, definitely. I, I agree with that. Uh, <clears throat> some of y'all know for my second job, I'm a mental health specialist uh, for the Department of Behavioral Health of D.C. government. And um, we provide the same mental health throughout the year. Um, but I think what does come into play is more people are using it at that time. 
And we also run into a situation where it's hard to find a therapist because if you have your private practice or even if you're on Medicaid or something like that, so many people are bombarding and calling and want to be connected. And we don't have a lot of therapists and stuff. You know, a lot of people don't want to get into that because, I mean, to kind of be honest with you, it is kind of secondhand trauma for a lot of therapists. That's why it's so important for us to have to step back and, and go on vacations and get our minds together because we're dealing with our own issues and then we have other people's issues on that's adding on to us. So like um, Shimona says, definitely don't think we give out more. It's just we've been utilized like often. Like I can't tell you the countless times last week we had to go out with someone saying, I want to kill myself. I called my family and I asked them, can I come home? And But due to whatever issues we got going on, they told me I can't come home. So now I want to die. Um, so you have that, you know? So yeah, it's just- During, um, if I can add, last week um, for my work schedule being in private practice. So I gave my, my clients the option. Hey, just letting you know, um, the week of Thanksgiving, I am going to be on vacation. If you want, we could schedule for that week. If you'd like to have a session or we could wait to the following week. I would say probably last week I had at least 12 to 15 was like, no, I'll, I'll meet you next week. And so they're still utilizing the sources, the resources. And like Eureka said, um, even during this time as a therapist and a clinician, this is our time to unwind and recharge. This is the time that as much as I really enjoy what I do, it does take a toll on me mentally and physically. And so this is my opportunity for me to say, hey, as much as I know you need me, I'm going to give you some tools. I'm going to give you some steps. Here are some resources if you need to call. Please know that 911 is available. I'm here in South Florida, so please know that 311 is available. And so I'm definitely giving those avenues. But for me also, that is my opportunity for me to recharge. And so like you said, the resources are there. The resources have always been there. They just may be heavily used more in this season because, as we've mentioned, talking about the holiday blues and talking about not having that loved one that's nearby. And now what am I going to do? Especially, let's be honest, if this is your first holiday after a traumatic event has happened, whether it's a divorce, whether it's the loss of a parent, whether it's being kicked out of the household as a teenager, whether it's being incarcerated or any of those things, this first year for you is going to be heavy. I knew what it was like for me my first year after my mom passed away. And that, that year alone was a life altering one that has kind of placed me in the pattern of where and how I think right now. So it is a, a, a difficult thing to look at during the holiday season and so forth as well. Let's see. Um, 
we don't know what it is, honestly. We are finally, and I say we, I'll speak about the Black community um, or just in general, we are finally beginning to understand and have conversations about mental health. We are finally in a place of recognizing. And so let, let, me, let me backtrack for a quick second. Um, I finished my degree in 2008 um, for marriage and family and mental health counseling. And so I remember when I first got my, uh, my position at an institution and you began talking about mental health, at one point, our office was located on like the backside of campus and they decided to move it to like the middle of campus. And the question was like, well, well you know, are people gonna be ashamed to come in here? And we were like, well, we want it to be more accessible that people don't feel that they have to go so far for it and that they have to hide for it. And after a while, I would be on campus and I'd have students coming up to me, Mr. McFadden, I gotta tell you what happened today. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm trying to eat. You're gonna tell me about that on Tuesday at 3 p.m. But Mr. McFadden, I hear you. You're gonna tell me about that on Tuesday at 3 p.m. And so, we're now open and accepting and understanding and having conversations about mental health. And even then, I know people and, and some of my clients that I have conversations with, when we're talking, they're like, you know what, I think I am going through a bit of depression. And we're like, yeah, you are. And so now being able to actually identify and understand just the mental health piece of this, and then you add holiday blues, oh man, that's heavy. That's really heavy because you don't think about it. You're like, no, I just don't want to do anything this year. I'm just going to sit down. I'm going to have a quiet Thanksgiving. No, I'm going to have a quiet Christmas. Well, why is that? I really just don't feel like being around people. You know, I remember getting up and this was the time that I would cook for my mom or I would go see my mom. And so not even able to put a label on it, understanding that, yeah, you are in that blue phase right now. You are, and I said that blue phase, you are going through those holiday blues. And so it's now having conversations about it as you guys are doing, having platforms where we're introducing the topic and speaking more about holiday blues, holiday depression. Are you checking on those loved ones that, that aren't showing up to the Thanksgiving dinner? And so it's beginning to have more conversations about it. And so your question, I think you were asking is why is it a challenge to get people to recognize it? Because we didn't know about it at first. This is something that's very new for us just in understanding what it is. So it's not a challenge in getting them to recognize it. It's just getting us all to understand and be able to label it. Um, I, I definitely, you know, um, understand everything that you just said. Um, because you do, you have a lot of people where it's like, you mentioned that they have some form of a mental health. It's pretty much like you done cussed them out. You done said something bad to them. You know, they, it's like, they want to be ashamed. I've heard a lot of people say, oh no, I don't want to take medicine. I don't want to, um, you know, go to a therapist because I don't want to tell nobody my business. Um, but as we know, with all of us that have social media, we will see those same people go on Facebook, Instagram, make a Snapchat video telling everyone their business. So it's like, why would you not want to go and speak to someone that does not know you, you know, cannot be judgmental to you because they don't know you and you probably only going to see them once a week. Why won't you go and tell them your business so that you could be able to have some clarity, you know, be able to understand what exactly going on with you to be able to understand that 
what you're going through is not nothing that millions of other people in America is going through, you know? And I, I really hate the fact that the African-American community is just so shamed when it comes down to mental health. It's like, if anybody needs to be falling at a therapist's door, I think it really needs to be us because we have gone through so much and the only way that we can, you know, heal from that, um, we have to go and get the help and we have to go to professionals. It's all right to pray, um, talk to your pastor, but sometimes, you know, God put these people here for a reason. And I think that we need to get to a place of um, utilizing those people. If I, if I can interject slightly, but then add on to that, um, it's not that the African-American community is ashamed. It's breaking the generational curses and patterns or the generational patterns. Um, each time I meet with a new client, one of the things, especially if it's a person of color, one of the things I always say after giving like a brief introduction is I tell them, listen, I want to celebrate and congratulate you. And this is my exact spiel. I want to celebrate and congratulate you first on understanding the importance of your mental health and also taking the necessary steps to address those concerns. Um, and I and I ask for permission if it's allowed. I'd also like to congratulate and celebrate you for pushing beyond your generational boundaries. And then I say, especially coming from a community of color, that you understand the importance of your mental health. And so it's not that there are shame. It's if you think about it, our our community has been taught that you don't put your business out there. If there's something going on, you go to big mom, you talk about it with grandma, you go to your mom, you go to your sister, you keep it within the family. We don't discuss those things, but you also have to realize that mental health is finally becoming something new to us because if we think back, like I said, many years ago, we've always heard the term shrink. So these resources have always been there, but they not have, have been readily available for the black community. We're finally at a place now to where insurance companies offer uh, at least six sessions through your EAP and all these other things that you're able to receive mental health counseling. So it's not necessarily that they were they are ashamed. It's now being able to break the patterns to go and talk about it. It's now understanding like, hey, there really is something going on because as you said, for so long, the thought process is, you know, pray about it. My pastor made this statement in church one day. He said, you can keep praying about it, but as long as he's beating your head in, you need to do more and pray. I'm not telling you to not pray about it, but I'm saying that you need to seek other actions and course of actions and stuff like that as well. And so to go back to it, it's new. If we can think about how, just looking at how social media has changed 20 years ago, and I think it's, yeah, let's see. I got my degree in 20, 2008, so even before then, 15 to 20 years ago, mental health was not a forefront conversation. To talk about I'm depressed was not a thing. And so now everywhere you look, we can look at the, we can look at the Olympics and we talk about Simone Biles that withdrew. Um, we, what's her name? Um, Osaka, uh, Naomi Osaka that withdrew. And so we're finally beginning to have conversations about mental health and really acknowledge that the resources are there. So it's still new. And it's also, who can I trust? You're saying, yeah, we can go and tell everyone about it, but who can I trust? Because if I've gone and talked to my close friends about it and my close friends have shared and told my business or my family has told my business, then who can I really trust? 
But again, recognizing that as long as it's been around, it has not been available to us. It's been available, but not to us. So I just wanted to at least add that piece that it's not so much of shame, but now understanding and feeling comfortable doing it. I definitely, you know, understand. I know with uh, me growing up, um, we it was available to us and um, we was able to do it in, in Florida. Um, you know, uh, the schools would offer, hey, do you want us to sign your kid up for counseling? Um, but most of the times the parents would be like, nope. Um, and they'll go back to, I don't want my kids to be labeled. Um, same thing when you start talking about children that have learning disabilities. It's so many kids that you see suffer because they're not able to keep up with their classmates, not because they're not smart. They just learn in a different way. But the parents not being, I guess you could say, educated, they say, no, I don't want to be labeled. You know, one of my conversations that I have um, with all of my family, with the students, um, even with the parents who have mental health or just my regular adult um, clients with mental health, who's going to know that you have a therapist or that you take medicine unless you tell them? There is no sign. There's not going to be a warning when you pass by to say, beep, this person is taking Adderall. No one is going to know that. So, you know, go ahead and seek and get the help that you need so that you can, you know, so people can see a change in you, you know, because that's what's important. People being able to see a change and then they ask you, hey, what, what happened? You know, you're different. What's going on? And then now you can share that testimony with them. That, hey, I'm different because, you know, now I'm seeing a therapist. Now I'm doing this. Now I'm doing that. And that might spark somebody else to go and do the same thing. And then we could continue to keep moving this message along and know that this does work if you're willing for it to work. I'll add this, and I know we have to continue on. You, you just mentioned something that's very important. Why be ashamed of it? And so that's the part of where we have to get to that. Why are we ashamed of it? We we can go and I, and I have this conversation often. Um, we can go to our doctor and our doctor will prescribe us with a high blood pressure medication. And we nope. I, I've got to make sure at four o'clock every day I take my high blood med uh, medication. Um, we can go and we take prescriptions for uh, diabetes or whatever the case may be for high cholesterol. We may take it for water retention. We may take it to after having a heart attack. So. We're openly taking these medications, still not knowing what's in them, still being labeled as having to take medication, still going to the doctor because there is something, quote, the, the, the communities can't see me, but I'm doing a quote, there is something wrong. But when it comes to our mental health, it's like, no, 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 no. I've got that under control. But there are also those chemical imbalances where I've had clients, again, that are taking medication and it, as they said, it's almost like that fog is lifted. And, and there's a bit of clarity now to where they wanted to do something before, but anxiety was so high that just something as simple as going to the store presented anxiety because, oh my goodness, are people going to look at me? If I do this, how is my husband going to think about this? Is my child going to be okay just walking to the neighbor's house? And now just with a slight dosage of medication, their thing is, I don't have that feeling. I'm able to actually relax. I feel lighter. I feel like I can do more. I feel like I can do some of the things I want to, and I'm not bombarded with the thoughts that I can't control. And so what I'm introducing and what I was speaking about earlier when we moved our office from one location to the other is being open and talking about it. 
the more people that, and we're seeing this now, the more people that are talking about mental health, the more it's acceptable, the more we're able to understand of, you know, hey, what the holiday blues look like, or hey, we're able to identify what depression, anxiety, and all these other things look like. And I know we say depression and anxiety because those are the main two that we always mention. And I make sure people understand that I can have depressed episodes, losing a job, going through a divorce or a breakup, um, getting into an argument with one of my friends, all of that, those things affect my mood and affect how I am. And I'm still able to progress and move on, but I also understand that it's affecting me. So I just wanted to at least share that part as well. As, as long as we're talking more and more about it and podcasts like this, it's what's helping to bring mental health to the forefront as well. Definitely. Um, my question is, any advice for people who celebrate from afar? Maybe they don't go home for Thanksgiving or Christmas or because of work or whatever, maybe finances. What advice do you have for them to kind of keep the experience and that they're doing this season? Um, the first thing I would definitely say is, I know it's going to sound crazy, but you're not alone. And I mean that in two aspects, that there are many people that are kind of in the same situation that aren't able to go home or um, because of work and stuff like that. And so the first thing I would tell you is when I say you're not alone, there are people around you that you can connect with. We're seeing the new thing now of Friendsgiving, and I think that the title is so cute, uh, but we're seeing now the thing of Friendsgiving. I remember um, for me in South Carolina, although we had our immediate family, there were so many people at our house that were not immediate family that are now like my immediate family because their kids had, you know, are grown, their kids are aware, they not have children. And so connect with the family. Um, I've been in Miami for umpteen years, and so I never really go home for Thanksgiving. But I always knew every Thanksgiving where I was going. I was going to one of my girlfriend's house to the fact where when my family came in here, they're like, well, where's Mona? And they're like, well, her family's here. It's like, well, she's part of the family. So her family and she need to come on over here. But connect with family, connect with friends. Don't isolate yourself. Don't feel that you're not loved. Honest and truthfully, sometimes people don't know what you're going through because you're masking it very well or just because you're not saying anything and you saying to yourself, you know, well, hey, I just want a quiet Thanksgiving. Or I just want a quiet break. That's honestly what they're taking it as, not realizing that there's something going on. And so I, I, I say sometimes that we, sometimes we have control over our attitudes and over our energy. And so if I realize that I'm about to be in that, oh, you know what, this is a sad time. I get that point can kind of snap myself out of like, you know, hey, let me go and surround myself with some people, at least for this time being right now. Um, again, find things that are going to cheer you up. Honest and truthfully, caution yourself with alcohol. Be cautious of how much you're going to drink, especially if you're home by yourself, if you're not able to go with your family and friends or you're not able to spend it with someone. You don't want to stay in the house now, but like, you know what, I'm just going to drink until I not remember. I'm just going to drink until I pass out. Um, find things to do. Even if you're wherever you're located, look around the city. This may be the time that you know what, like I said, for me on Thursday, this may be the time that I go and give back to my community. So now I feel good about doing something and I'm not just sitting in the house being sad or depressed and so forth like that. This may be the time that I've realized that I have about and, and like I said, I live in Miami, so it's a group of people that I know that are just transients that, you know, they, they've moved here, but no families here. And so this would be the time where, you know what, instead of me finding some place to go, why don't I invite everybody over to my house? 
So creating those opportunities for yourself as well, beyond just kind of secluding yourself. Um, pay attention to your own needs and feelings. And so what I mean by that, I may recognize, and I know this may contradict a little bit, I may recognize that, you know what, I do need this time to kind of like rest and recharge. I do realize like, hey, I might not be in the best mood, but I'm not in a bad mood. And so I just need this time to kind of like process my own emotions and feelings and understand what I'm going through. This may be the time that I go into my prayer and my fasting. This may be the time that I start journaling and writing and stuff like that. But also I'm paying attention to what my needs are. This may be the time that I need to be around people. And so definitely listening to what's going on inside of you as well. That's definitely, definitely a, a mouthful. Thank you so, so much. Um, to flip perspective, I would like to ask you, what would you recommend for someone who wants to help um, individuals who are facing depression during this time of the year? Just be there. Just be there. Um, sometimes your physical presence or letting them know that you're there can go a long way. Um, if, and then, like I said, there are people in the examples and everything I've said before, you may have that person that's like, you know what? No, I'm good. I just need to be with myself and kind of regroup, recharge, just be there for them. That's fine. Just know that I'm here for you. If you need anything, it may be just sending them a text message. Hey. Just checking on you, making sure you're good. Not forcing them, especially sometimes to talk about it, but just being present for them. It may be that friend that you know what, hey, that's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm very, for, for some of my friends, I'm very intrusive. Uh, so I can go to your house and we could sit on the couch for like three hours and not say anything. And we could just, and, and it's not that we are, you know, upset with each other we're just so comfortable in each other's space that we don't have to like talk or that we don't need to find something to talk about we can talk we can laugh and if it gets quiet it's not that awkward silence and we're just like okay and we'll sit there and watch oh my goodness girl that was so good I'm about to get up and get something to drink you want something and we'll get something to drink come back and we're on the couch for like another hour just watching it to where I can fall asleep and like okay I'm gonna just stay the night at your house or she fall asleep, I go ahead and get in the bedrooms or something like that. But it's just knowing that that person is there. Also, like we said, and so not even for those that are facing depression, but just being there, just also going out, just letting you know there are resources available. If you want to talk, you may not want to talk to me. Here are some numbers. Here are some things. Here's what you can do. Give them their space. When I say give them their space, you still want to make sure that you're present for them, but give them time to kind of process everything of what's going on. Um, it's interesting because while I know the conversation is about holiday blues, but this also just relates to depression and mental health in general. Just making sure they're there. And particularly when it comes to the holidays, go by, check on them. Put a card in the mail. I am notorious. I will put a card in the mail. Just put a card in the mail. Hey, just want to wish you a Merry Christmas. Hey, you're on my mind. Hey, hope all is going well. Just checking up on you. You don't want it to where it's aggravating, 
but you want it to at least know that you're not alone in this. Send a text message. I know that this time is difficult for you, but you're not alone you, or you don't have to go through this alone. I'm here for you whenever you need it. And it was interesting if I can share a bit of a personal story. Um, my partner and I, during this time is when his mother was, uh, was, was sick and she was kind of like on her sick bed or you know, um, declining in her health. And so this year we're talking, I was like, honey, what are we gonna do for Thanksgiving? He was like, well, babe, honestly, I really don't feel much like for Thanksgiving, so I don't know what I'm going to do. I said, okay, well, let's not look at it like Thanksgiving. Just look, look at it. We're spending another weekend together. And that's honestly what we looked at it as. You know, we were talking and I was like, oh, thank you so much, babe, for going with me to my cousin's house for Thanksgiving. And it was like, well, I went because I wanted to go. He said, I had a great time. And he's like, and you know, he told me, thank you also. But instead of it being, we got to do something for the holidays, we began to just treat it like, hey, so we're watching a game today. What are we going to do? It's Thursday. What are we going to eat? Where are we going? What's this? What's that? And so we also just treated it like it was a regular day as opposed to the big, it's Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving. What are we going to do? We've got to do this. And I realized in doing that also, it was adding a bit more pressure for him and almost saying, I've got to be happy. No, I need you right now just to be who you are in the space of where you are. And because of that, he was much more open to saying, you know what? Hey, Let's go over to your cousin's house and let's have a good time. But it wasn't that I was like, okay, but it's Thanksgiving. We've got to do something because it's Thanksgiving. Now, I wasn't honoring how he was feeling, but because I was like, you know what? This is how you're feeling. Let's just treat it like it's a regular weekend. So being there, being present, letting them know, and sometimes you may have to be intrusive, but you may also need to move, remove the pressure of it being a holiday and treating it just like it's a regular day. So I hope some of those things. Oh no, that um, all that was um, was great. Uh, I will add something to this. Um, when you tell someone that you're going to be there for them, do that. Um, we get so many times, and I know I experience it a lot. Um, you know, and I know Shimon, you might can attest for this. You know, I check on pretty much everybody. You know, I'm gonna send it. If you come across my mind, I'm gonna send you a text. Hey, how you doing? You good? Boom, boom, and keep it moving. Um, but I know a lot of times when I'm going through like some of my worst times, you know, those same people who I definitely have been there for don't return the same love back. So that would be my advice. If you're going to tell that person that definitely do that, you know, you know, come through, talk to them, you know, whatever. If they tell you, like Shimona said, if they tell you, no, not right now, but at least let them know, hey, I'm here when you need it. And just be a person of your word, you know, because eventually your number is going to be called and you want to be able to make sure that you're not just saying something just because it sounds good, but you genuinely meant that and you genuinely cared about that person and what they got going on at the moment. I, I'll add this. And so thank you for saying that. Um, you, you brought up two pieces and Eureka, you know, whenever we, we do have our conversations, I always, um, I always find other pieces. So I'll add two pieces to that. In the same breath of you saying that, hey, be there for that person, that person has to let you know. And so if you're going through something, it and I know we should check on people more often, you know, do the wellness check. But also if you're going through something, you have to reach out to people. Um, I, 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 can, can, I consider myself blessed beyond measures. And here's why I consider myself blessed. Whenever I'm going through something, I have at least five people that I could call and say, listen, I just need y'all. And if one doesn't answer, 
I'm calling the next one immediately. That one doesn't answer. I'm calling the next one. I'm calling somebody else. I'm calling somebody else. And and someone's going to answer. I'm like, listen, I just need somebody just to, I just need to vent. I just need somebody to listen for a few seconds. And that's all they do. And I'll talk. And, and I'm like, you know, I, you don't have to say anything, but I just need to get this out. I just need to say how I'm feeling. And so I'm not putting all the load on just one person, but also I'm, I have several friends. So that's why I say I'm blessed, but they know as well, they can call me in that same. So I'm making sure that, hey, listen, I know today I just need to talk to somebody. I just need to cry for a second. Do you have a moment? And well, let, let me let me backtrack. Before even doing that, one of the first things I ask them is, hey, do you have a moment? Are you in a space where you can talk for a second? Because I have to make sure that while I'm going through something, I'm not trying to push off what I'm going through. And let's say they're at their children's birthday party. And I'm like, I'm calling because I need to cry. And then I'm like, well, that person isn't there for me. Well, yeah, they're not there for me because it's their child's birthday. And I'm wanting you to listen to me cry. So I'll ask them, you know, hey, are you in a space right now that you can talk for a second? And they're like, yeah, I'm like, okay, I need to share some stuff and I want to make sure you're okay with that right now. And they're like, yeah. And then I'm like, you know, I'm really sad today about X, Y, and Z. Well, I'm really hurting because of X, Y, and Z. And they're like, okay. And then I'm like, well, what's going on? And I just kind of fit it. And then when I'm done, I'm like, you know, thank you. And for me, after that, I've released it. And so making sure that you're letting the person know um, that you're going through something, making sure that that person is available and also just having a support system that you can share. Everyone may not be able to receive the same way that you receive. And so Eureka, you're one that, you know, you're checking on everyone all the time. Everyone may not be equipped for that. It takes a special person. And so let me commend and celebrate both of you again for just even bringing up the conversation to talk about this and providing a space for it as well. So thank you, ladies, also. Thank you so much. Um, one thing that I would love to, uh, well, that I would like to ask um, uh, both you and Eureka is, is it possible um, we can share with the, the audience like a list of resources maybe? Like you mentioned the suicide prevention hotline is there a way we can follow up at a later time like a number we can you know so the 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 resources that were mentioned we can provide them with some type of website or number or something where people can kind of as they're listening they can utilize that resource in the event um that you know they feel down or just to even be proactive there's one thing that we didn't touch on that um i feel like for me I, I i alluded to it a little bit but i didn't i wasn't explicit um i mentioned earlier that part of the reason why this ho holiday season for me was unique was the the death that i experienced was like due to covid so we know like we're still going to be going through this season and and I personally feel anticipation on more more death or more sickness um so even though like I know we talked about the different um the different um uh factors that play into the holiday season uh depression or grief like we're still like in this pandemic 
<laughs> and we're going to be here for some time. But um, I say all that to say, um, is it possible we can get like a list of resources we can provide to the audience? Um, definitely. Um, so during this season, if you all find that you are feeling down, you just need someone to talk to, um, you can always reach out to the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. Um, they do more. They provide one-to-one uh, -one counseling, not just for people who are going through suicidal thoughts. And that number is 1-800-273-8255. Again, that's 1-800-273-8255. And I will also post it on this week's um, episode with uh, along with some other resources that you all might need to be able to kind of help you get through. And also, so um, Shimona, you, I mean, thank you so much for all of your insight. There were several nuggets that I, I even jotted down for myself. I mean, one, you said be cautious with alcohol. I mean, people have different coping mechanisms, but when it comes to the holidays, I know that there, for me and my family and my friends and my community, my village, I know that some of the functions coming up is going to be food for one, and there may be alcoholic beverages. But just in pre-planning and being proactive, I appreciate how you um, you you gave us this tool as to be cautious about those things, um, being cautious about alcohol, rem reminding. Um, ourselves that we're not alone there are resources to find activities to do I also live in the nation's um, capital in the DMV area so when you said finding activities to do I thought about um, even simple activities like walking the National Mall or mm -hmm. um, you know collaborating with other colleagues who may be away from home um, for uh, looking into local churches to see if there's different events happening. Um, I love how you you were intentional about speaking to some of the factors that influence the holiday blues. One thing that, that really sparked my attention was you talked about the financial aspect. Um, because I do think that while we do know that, okay, Thanksgiving's coming up, Christmas is coming up. We know we're going to be, we anticipate being around family, but we also anticipate the financial part. Like food isn't cheap. Mm -hmm. Thanksgiving, you know, I saw so many spreads. Like people aren't doing just like a piece of chicken and bread. People got all the fixings, macaroni and cheese, yams, rice, roast, hams, all sorts of things. And, and you know, that costs money. That costs money. So when you spoke about the financial aspect and the connection between the financial aspect and the holiday season, I was like, wow, I didn't even think about that myself. Um, because once you spend all that money preparing a nice meal, you still got bills to pay. God forbid you have um, a health situation and you got to get medication. Those things, I can see how that can um ignite some type of anxiety or um or depression so i really appreciate you being clear about that so you know people don't feel like they're alone in those emotions um which also um, leads me to you confirming that this thing is real is real and we you know it seems as if uh, i'm sure there are people 
there's a, there's a lot of people feeling the same way, which also supports us not being alone in these feelings and thoughts. Um, you also said to do something different. I thought that was so cool because um, get, stepping outside of your comfort zone, it provides, a, I, I believe that it provides a new experience that will, I believe, force you to get out of that funk, if you're in a funk. Um, my mother, she is, uh, she is battling a health challenge herself. And this year for Thanksgiving, we had King Crab and that was her first experience with that. And out of all the, the, um, the, uh, the food that we had, you know, we had, um, turkey, we had roast, like traditional uh, meats. She was like, I really love the seafood. I've never had it before. Mm-hmm. And so that was a new experience for her. And it forced her to even not think about her health challenges, not think about what she's able to do or not able to do. Because it was like, it was almost like riding a roller coaster for the first time. And it was nice to see her um, reflect on that. Um, you also said to pay attention to your feelings. And I really appreciated that because, um, sometimes we move so fast, like you're, you're moving from one thing to another. You're trying to, you know, serve so many people at one time. You, it's easy to neglect your own feelings. And I think when that happens, it's harder to, 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 to acknowledge what you need. Sometimes, you know, we get flustered. Sometimes you just need to sit still. You might need to take a nap. You might need to eat, but we move so fast through so many different challenges that we don't pay attention to our own needs. So I really appreciate you saying that um, because the last thing that I took note of and I thought was, you know, you know, we, we can't do the things that we really want to do if we're not recharging. So I think that it's very important to be intentional about listening to what our body needs from us so we can do the things we want to do, hanging out with family, um, serving our communities, whatever the goals and ambitions that we have or what drives us on a daily basis. I believe that we won't be able to do those things um, as we would like to if we're not recharged. So thank you so much. You gave us our flowers. I'm giving you your flowers right back. I humbly say thank you. I'm very appreciative and grateful. You know, Janine, if, if I can interject, and I know this is, we're closing it up. Um, you you brought up a piece that I, I didn't talk much about, which is COVID right now. Um, it's still here. It's, it's still here, no matter how much, uh, you know, we're back to a bit of normalcy, it's still here. And it's, it's affecting us traumatically in the sense of you have some that still won't communicate or not communicate, still won't socialize, especially a lot of the elders that I know from my church and so forth, um, or the elderly community, they're still not attending social functionings, even holiday dinners and stuff like that. Um, Eureka, you mentioned that the price of a turkey has increased significantly. 
I was, it was, I don't remember, I was watching the news or just uh, flipping through some things, but the cost of food has gone up either 2.5% or 3.5%. So for someone that was struggling before just to make ends meet or just to have regular food on the table on a normal day, they're experiencing difference right now um, to even where a lot of the food banks that were contributing it's a bit more challenging because the price of food has gone up, but we're also realizing that there's still a scarce in food. You know, we're seeing the grocery, uh, the grocery stores, they're stocked, but there's still quite a bit of things that are missing. And if you look at it, uh, a bag of rice, which was like 99 cents or a dollar 50, something like that, and that's just a generic bag of rice. You're looking at that right now that is costing almost $2. And that's something that's small. So COVID still is full alive and well and it's out there and we're still feeling the impacts of it also whether it's us not being able to engage with families of how we want to whether it's those that have the caring heart not being able to provide as much because also we're making limited in what we can do or after we've purchased for our household it leaves minimal or less than we're able to do for others as well and just also some of those supplies and resources they're not as available um, I've seen this year, like I said, a lot more people that are doing a, thir um, a Thanksgiving dinner, which is, hey, let me at least provide you with a plate, a meal to give you something as opposed to um, some of the local centers and stuff like that fully doing boxes because you can't afford the box right now, but I could give you something to eat. So I, I just wanted to bring that up. And as mentioned before, because of COVID, it's a little difficult to celebrate the holiday now that we're last year. When we talked about celebrating the holiday, we knew that there was little of it going on because COVID was very high and present. Now, I don't really want to because this is really my first Thanksgiving without a fan member being there because of COVID. So I, I at least just wanted to mention that piece and to add on to that. And so you're absolutely right when you talk about COVID and the effects or the implication that it currently has on us as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I know a lot of people. Um, I had a, I had a status up about two weeks ago where um, two people that I knew very well, um, they were like mother figures to me, um, died two weeks before um, Thanksgiving. You know, me just reaching out to their daughters, just talking to them, checking on them and, you know, how they talking about how they're going to get through this. You know, they missing that side or that dish or, you know, that meat that they family member was known for and how it was gonna be difficult with sitting there and looking across the table and that person not being there. So COVID has been, it's, it's been crazy for this last um, two years. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm just praying for everyone and I just hope that we'll be able to get back to things being the way it needs to be. You know, it's not going to take the loss away, but hopefully with time, it'll just get, you know, easier and we'll be able to celebrate, you know, more life and the legacy that the person left behind. Um, so on a, um, a lighter note, so we can go ahead and close out, um, Shimona and Janine both, can y'all just kind of leave us with where we can find you all at if we want, if people want to get some counseling, if they want to go to her boot camp, 
I have been, when I was in Miami, I went down there flipping little tires and all that stuff and running, doing my little sprints out there on the ground. So she's serious about it now. She's very serious about it. So um, go ahead and tell us what, what website we can find you at, um, Instagram, wherever, um, so that they can, um, you know, hook up with you if they were looking to get themselves right, both mentally and physically. And then Janine, you go ahead as well. So go ahead, Shimon. And here's the thing, but did you die? No, no See, I'm still here exactly. to tell the story. So I'm there you have it. <laughs> um, and thank you so much. I, I did forget the plug of um, and speaking about the boot camps. And that really is just something that came about because I love fitness. And I've realized that when you're when your mental health is in disarray, it also affects you physically. And I'm not talking about your shape and size and stuff like that, but it, it affects how you're engaging. It affects your, you getting out and walking and doing things like that. And I've also realized when there are ill feelings about how you feel um, physically with your appearance and so forth, that, that affects you and your mental state as well. So I do believe that when you change one, the other will change also. And so when you begin to focus on your mental health piece of that, you find yourself wanting to get out more. You're finding yourself wanting to walk in and be uh, in the community and socializing more. And the same thing, when you are focusing more on your physical well-being, it affects you mentally. Um, and so a few ways that you guys can find me. Uh, first, you can visit my website, which is www.lotusconnects.com. That's L-O-T-U-S, connects is spelled a little different, K-I-N-E-C-T-S. That's lotusconnects.com. Or you can find me both on Facebook and on Instagram um, at Lotus Connects. And hey, anyone that wants to go ahead and give me a call, I'm putting it out there as well. You can contact me on my business number, which is 786-383-2623. Seven eight six three eight three two six two three. And last, I'm on the platform um, Psychology Today. If anyone that's really wanting to go ahead and we start working together and doing counseling sessions and so forth like that. Um, so those are different ways that you can contact me. All right, thank you so much. And um, also just to um, share my contact with you all, I. I can be reached at empathetically consulting LLC at gmail.com. And what I would like to extend to, to you all is um, I definitely will assist with, um, with staying connected to resources. I did uh, launch an LLC in 2019 called empathetically consulting, which basically was birthed to merge um, business with, um, principles of empathy. Um, and so we are in the process of relaunching, but we still have been doing the work. Um, right now, I have been working with um, seniors in high school, uh, getting them connected with college and career resources in the DMV area. Um, I've also served served small businesses in the area with um, administrative services. So I would love to extend any resources that I have to assist any of the, the audience with um, any lingering questions they may have or, you know, just being a thought partner. And as both um, Eureka and Shawana have stated, um, just being present. So 
please feel free to to reach out to my email empathetically consulting llc at gmail.com and you can also call my business line as well at 703-505-2908 all right now these um beautiful black queens is doing some excellent work in the community so definitely reach out to them um, so that, hey, you can get your child connected to resources so they can go to college, trade school. If you're looking to get fit and get your mental health ready, hey, this is what they're doing. So definitely don't reach out to them. They're doing big things. As you can see, they got business numbers to give out. So I got to pick my, my stuff up. I got to give me a little business line now. Um, but no, I celebrate these queens. Um, I would like to just leave um, with a, a small quote um, from an author by D.M. Dillinger, and it simply says, this is my wish for you. Peace of mind, prosperity through the year, happiness that multiplies, health for you and yours, fun around every corner, energy to chase your dreams, joy to fill your holidays. So thank you all so much for joining us on season two of the She So Outta podcast. Y'all have a good rest of your day. I'm the token now. Real bright, call me the golden child. Look around, I'm the one that's chosen. Look around, yeah, I'm the token. Shining on them, yes, I'm the token now. Real bright, call me the golden child. Look around, I'm the one that's chosen.